It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at wdws.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with you until 11 o'clock today. Some breaking news this morning. Certainly, you uh, probably heard the news by now, but uh, the University of Illinois has a new head football coach replacing Lovey Smith. It is Brett Bielma, former Wisconsin head coach, former Arkansas head coach, now an assistant coach with the New York Giants. He was named by Josh Whitman, a six-year contract, $4.2 million the first year, and we hope to have uh, the new coach on with us here momentarily. And there'll be plenty of time throughout the next two hours for reaction if you'd like to weigh in on it. He was 68-24 and 24 at Wisconsin succeeding uh, Barry Alvarez back from uh, 2006 to 2012. So he's got Big Ten experience. He's got Power Five experience, obviously, in uh, two locations. And he was born in the state of Illinois, Lauren. Your thoughts? Prophetstown. over by the uh, Iowa border. Yeah, I, I, and he, of course, attended Iowa. So he's, he's familiar with everything in the Big Ten, no question. If you look at his credentials, it'd be hard to choose. I mean... When you've got a guy that's already been a head coach, that is a plus, uh, as opposed to Leon, Leonard, who is at Wisconsin now and, and is highly regarded, but he's never been a head coach. You worry about that. And then you, as far as, as, the, um, as the Lance Leipold thing, uh, which seemed to be uh, trending that way, at least among a lot of people, um, he had never dealt with anybody in the Power Five at the Power Five. Hadn't recruited at the Power Five level. So when it comes to credentials, it's pretty hard to um, to top what you get in this case, I think. I mean, I, head coach, that's, that's big. I mean, to have been a head coach. You learn a lot the first few, few years as a head coach. And he succeeded uh, a legend up there in Barry Alvarez. And, of course, he played off that. I mean, mm-hmm. Barry had it to a pretty good spot. And Barry, Barry recommended him, by the way, mm-hmm. right off the bat. Right. So this is, of course... Uh, I don't know that Josh is going to go with another athletic director's recommendation or anything like that. But again, as we're saying, there was no one, no one else that we know of, uh, including Munkin at Army, that had exactly these credentials: Big Ten, Illinois, and a head coach. Fifty years old. Yeah, and that's better than mm-hmm. the other guys that were fifty-six. And he's recruited the Midwest, more specifically the state of Illinois, and that that'll be one of his first. Well, that'd be a challenge. He's been away a few years. I and, know. And down in Arkansas for several years, too. I mean, that uh, that makes a big difference is that he's he hasn't been in this part of, this, of the country for several years. But recruiting is all about relationships. Yeah, that's about, about, it'd be eight years. 2012 was his last year at, at, at uh, Wisconsin, yes. Yeah. That doesn't mean he didn't recruit the area while at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. But, that's uh, true. I'm sure he tried. Yeah. But what he has to do now is rebuild relationships with the Illinois high school coaches mm-hmm. and coaches throughout the Midwest and across the country. But I think the first big thing is to get the local coaches across the state back on 
no the question, side of Illinois. No question that that uh, we that the University of Illinois had lost contact with those coaches. Uh, Edgy Tim O'Halloran put out his top 25 players uh, who were signed as of uh, this past uh, Wednesday through Friday. Uh, and all 25 apparently are going to uh, a school, and none of the top 25 are coming to the University of Illinois. And by the way, Iowa did well in that, and Minnesota did well in that, and, and Wisconsin. I mean, Illinois, was, the state of Illinois was being well recruited by other schools and not by the state university. A lot of folks, including me and maybe you, last night watched the MAC championship yep. game with interest. Yeah. Not to say we've never watched a MAC championship game, but uh, not quite with that interest. Uh, Lance Leipold was the coach there, and Buffalo got beat by Ball State, thirty-eight to twenty-eight. But apparently, this obviously this was a done deal, and uh, Brett Bielma is the man, and he'll be at the. He's in Happy Valley now. He'll be at the. Uh, game today, this afternoon, well, and tonight. We should have, you know, that's why I kind of thought it might be lipo because we were told that the coach would talk to the players before the game. Mm -hmm. We were told this last week. So I'm thinking, well, who could that be? And I thought, well, the one guy that plays Friday night, that's why we kind of went on that direction. And then, of course, it could be, uh, I mean, he's have, he would have to lead the Giants right now, even though they're still in contention for a playoff berth. They're only one game behind Washington in their division. They're I think five and eight. Five but, and eight. Uh, but Washington six and seven, so you know they can they can catch up or, and still get in the playoff. And we're going to have um, several guests, including Brett Bielma and maybe Josh Whitman too, um, and then later Adam Rittenberg. It'll be interesting to uh, get the feel for how this hiring has gone nationwide and what uh, what the thoughts are. I haven't seen, I haven't had a chance here in the last hour. But I haven't seen any scrolling on ESPN or anything about it? Has it yeah, been on it's there? out. Okay. Yeah, it was out when, before I left this morning. Okay. I, it came out, at, I think, around 8 o'clock, officially. So Illinois, of the three um, Power 5 schools with openings right now, fills theirs first. Arizona's still open. Auburn still open as well. Yeah. Vanderbilt hired Lee from, uh, yes. from Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. yeah. you got to figure that uh, Brett Bielma wanted this job. And maybe no, there's no aggressively I mean, I, I think he feels comfortable in this setting. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a it's right in the middle of where he's from. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I and you know he he wanted to be a head coach again, and and it you know there's a lot of talk about maybe Iowa might open up, but I don't know what Ferentz is going to do. He he's obvious right now. He's just trying to recover from the virus, but but. Uh, uh, That'll be a that'll be an interesting job when when it does come open at Iowa. So Brett Bielma is the man, a six-year contract as we stated. Josh Whitman made the announcement uh, just about an hour or so ago um, through a press release. There'll be an introductory um, press conference, actually a Zoom conference, and uh, and uh, that'll come up Monday afternoon. Let's uh, go to the phones now and uh, welcome in the new head coach of the University of Illinois, Brett Bielma. Brett, this is Steve Kelly along with Lauren Tate. Good morning, and uh, how are you feeling this morning? I feel great, Steve. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, been a little bit of a whirlwind, but just truly uh, uh, so honored and blessed to have this opportunity. I can't tell you how excited I am, and uh, firstly, I hope of many, inter many interactions with us. When you uh, first heard about this opening, was that a uh, little light bulb in your head that, uh, to investigate it and 
you know, determine whether or not you'd be interested in coming back to the Big Ten? I said I would say it's big, bigger than a little light bulb, <laughs> a big neon flashing sign. Um, uh, it was an opportunity that, uh, you know, obviously growing up in the state, being born in this state, uh, uh, when I was going through this process, my mom reminded me that I was born at Illini Hospital in Silvis, Illinois. So it truly is uh, coming home. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the opportunity that's in front of us um, in the type, uh, type of year we're in, I mean, 2020 can't get any crazier. Uh, but uh, to have the transition and be able to be a part of this, I think is truly going to be one of those things in your lifetime. At the back end of it, you're going to look back and say, what a what a tremendous timing. Uh, what an unbelievable opportunity and, and taking full advantage. Well, you certainly know the Big Ten. You did step out of the Big Ten for a little bit uh, at Arkansas and then now with the uh, New York Giants of the National Football League. But uh, getting back in the Big Ten, um, was that, I don't know when in your thought process you may have decided you would like to do that if the opportunity comes about. But uh, was that just another thing that made it a no-brainer for you to check this out? It, it definitely was. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, early on in my coaching career, you're always shaped by the people around you, but also by, you know, people that indirectly come across your path, you know, and um, obviously playing in this league, uh, coaching in this league at a couple different spots uh, is all going to benefit me in, in my time now at the University of Illinois. I mean, it's it's about you can't change anything about the past. You can only worry about the future and what tomorrow brings. And, and to have that experience in my background is obviously going to be a huge part of where we're at and, and allows me to probably jump into this situation a little bit bigger view than than most people could but on the same account um every situation is different I, i'm learning by the minute i'm very excited to get an opportunity to go to penn state this afternoon and, and and watch the young men play i won't be involved with them or the coaches just strictly as an observer and and uh, that'll be a great opportunity to start that process moving forward hey brett this is uh, lauren tate uh what do you intend to say to the players when you speak to them before the game today well, I won't actually talk to him today, Lauren. I'm, I'm oh. going to kind of let that situation okay. revolve. You know, I'm just to due respect, uh, you know, obviously I'm just the guy that got announced this morning uh, to them. I think uh, Josh sent them some information that allowed them to know that I was being named head coach just a little bit ahead of everybody else. But um, I recorded a message and sent it to him as well. But, you know, that message will remain uh, amongst us. Hopefully tomorrow afternoon I'll get a chance to be in front of them live and, uh, you know, really kind of give the message uh, of where we're at, uh, what the plan is going forward, and more of a more of a just get to know each other. Um, you know, in today's world, I'm sure all of them are Googling and and, and uh, trying to do anything they can on their social media phones uh, with a later kickoff. They're sitting in their hotel rooms trying to figure this whole thing out. And, and, and I would say that, you know, after the game tonight, obviously we'll uh, have a conversation tomorrow about where we're at moving forward, and that's something I'm excited to do with these guys. You got a really unique situation coming in here. I think the I think that we had 33 seniors, and all of those guys, you know, all of them could return. Obviously, all won't. But have you ever uh, anticipated anything quite like this, where you could have all your seniors back? It, it's an amazing way to think about it, Lauren. I think that you know, obviously, you've got a lot of experience as well in this league, and it's such a unique perspective in 2020. Just everything that's going on with COVID and and uh, the effects around us in the world we uh, walk in today. It's just truly a unique time. And, and I think personally, it's its probably uh, for a head coach coming in, I'm looking at it as a positive. There's no better time now to try and transition, uh, a, you know, a, a roster, a staff, a, a, a way of doing things. And, you know, obviously they've done a lot of really good things here as well. And we'll build upon those and try to alter the things that maybe can be done better. And, and how that happens in front of us will we'll be figured out on a daily basis. But 
uh, we'll we'll talk to those seniors and um, you know let them get to know me and what our direction our path. Uh, fortunately, to be able to research me a little bit and realize uh, even some guys that I've only had for one year uh, as a, as a coach have had a lot of success, uh, not just in their time there at the institutions I've been at, but also more importantly in uh, in life after the after the game, uh, whether it be the NFL or just in the business world or whatever way they want to walk. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting to know those guys as well. How closely have you been able to follow Illinois uh, from the, from New York this this past year? Have you been able to keep on top of things, or does the, the NFL just draw your all your attention? Well, um, it's twofold. You know, one of the neat things that jumped out to me, I'd, I'd obviously never spent any time in this league. I had a wonderful NFL career. I was with the Seahawks for six days before they cut me. So, <laughs> that was my only NFL experience. But, uh, you know, the thing that's unique about uh, the NFL is, you know, we really have a lot of time usually on Saturdays, whereas, you know, when you're in college football, I'd watch our game and do our game and be involved in that, but you never had a chance to watch college football. And obviously growing up a college football fan when I was in the NFL the last three years, to sit back on a Saturday and enjoy college football at its finest. Uh, and I can tell you, I can promise you, um, over the last couple of years, I have paid special attention to Illinois and what's been going on and, and um, excited about the opportunity. I don't know the roster as well as I will, you know, 10 days from now, uh, really even 10 hours from now. So it's, it's a unique time, but I've been uh, keeping an eye on college football and especially Illinois. What about your uh, thoughts on staff? Uh, do you have people that you've already contacted? You, are, you, you know, how do you how do you uh, set up a staff? There aren't that many coaching changes. Usually, when there are a lot of coaching changes, there are a lot of staff available. But what what, what do you see as far as your staff is concerned? Lauren, that's a great question. Um, you know, really, I've just uh, been involved with with Josh and, and administration from the uh, University of Illinois and because uh, he expressed to me early uh, about this process and the way he wanted to go through it. I, I literally have not talked to anybody. I mean, guys that, um, you know, I know that I would want to contact and be a part of, but uh, to do respect uh, to the people that are at the Illinois program right now, I will talk to the players tomorrow. I'll get a chance to visit with the active coaches that are there now. Um, you know, transition is never an easy thing. Uh, and I'm very respectful and mindful of that. I've witnessed the front end and the back of that. And that, that is a, as a player, as a, as a assistant coach, as a coordinator, and as a head coach. So uh, to do due respect, you know, every coach that's coaching in that game today deserves the time with me and, and to let them express who they are and what they are. So I'll, I'll honor that before I start moving forward with the staff. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some people that, you know, remain a part of our, our program and as well as the new blood coming into it. And we'll kind of massage that on a, on a daily basis. Another minute or two with Brett Bielma, the new head coach of the University of Illinois. While at uh, Wisconsin, you uh, uh, competed for Illinois players against Illinois. As you look at Illinois football, uh, being a native of the state, why do you think it's been tough to uh, maintain success with this program? And do you think that, like a lot of national people think, that this might be a sleeping giant at some point? Steve, I can't you know, really comment on things that I've not been a part of. Uh, obviously, I did recruit uh, Illinois, uh, uh, not only, uh, you know, my time at Wisconsin, but, you know, when, when I was uh, first name and assistant coach back in the day, I had two states. I had Illinois and Minnesota, and I, I can't tell you how many miles I logged uh, across the state of Illinois in the spring. Um, I used to just hop in my car, and, uh, you know, we didn't have the digital platform that we have now, and I had files in the back seat. I had a coat hanger across the front seat for change of clothes, and I would get in the road for two weeks in the state of Illinois from, you know, I remember being stuck in Rantoul, Illinois, in a shed during a rainstorm with Sean Payton, uh, <laughs> watching, uh, a player be evaluated. So I like, 
the part that I love about the state of Illinois is obviously everybody that's not from the state usually just associates Chicago and the, and the, and the area around there. But uh, we're going to go from tip to tip in the state of Illinois um, and, and really have our coaches touch every high school program. There will be all 10 of my coaches will be assigned to an area in the state of Illinois as well as, uh, you know, other geographic areas. But it starts in our home state. It's got to be a, a champion for us. And, and we have that been fortunate to get a lot of good players in the past, but our intention and goal now is to keep them all in the state. If they can help us win a Big Ten championship, we definitely want to wear an orange and blue. Brett, does uh, Josh Whitman happen to be with you uh, there on this phone call? He's in the in the proximity. I can't say he's uh, in the exact room where we're at right now, but um, he's been an absolute um, awesome uh, learning experience for me to learn about him and meet a lot of great people. I had a chance to, to via zoom it's kind of crazy the world we're in um, meet a lot of different people associated with it um and um really really looking forward to building a relationship with him and and obviously he's a guy that's got a lot of vision and goal direction when i when i got online and looked at the the buildings and the facilities and the infrastructure and the foundation that uh, is set up and the more you run i had a chance to talk with brad underwood earlier this morning I, my phone's been blowing up pretty good but i knew i wanted to talk to that guy uh, so <laughs> it was kind of nice to have a conversation with him about you know, what, what Illinois can do and what Illinois can bring and, and the insight he's been able to, uh, you know, go through there during his time. So I'm very, very excited about anybody uh, that can give me knowledge about Illinois and help us win moving forward. Just curious, and this just thought just crossed my mind. I don't know if this happens in situations like this, but is there a scenario where you might reach out to Lovey Smith and just have a conversation with him? You know, uh, never say never. Uh, I'm, I'm a guy that probably thinks outside the box. I know Josh is. Um, you know, we have commonly met uh, before in the past. Uh, there's coaches on his staff that I've known for a long time, guys that I know indirectly through other people. Um, uh, I know Lovey and his, his reputation not only, you know, in the college world but in the NFL world has been a stand-up guy for what it is, and it's, it's easy to see that uh, there's a lot of great things. Obviously, I had transitioned myself in my career, so things don't always uh, uh, end the way that you want, but, you know, hopefully you leave the place a better place. Uh, in the end, and, and I'm so excited to work with these coaches and these players. Um, I, I'm, I would love to a chance to talk with Lovey when the timing is right, but right now I'm just kind of focusing on the on the day as it is, um, getting as much as we can out of it, and we'll, we'll get, wake up tomorrow and try to do the same thing all over. So you full-time U of I now. I know the Giants have a game scheduled for uh, Sunday night. Will you be at that, or are you full-time on the Illinois job? <laughs> Steve, I, 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 it's actually interesting. We've been kind of massaging that uh, here the last – you know, 12 hours. And, and, and again, this world that we're in right now, COVID, you know, I wake up every day at five o'clock and get a cotton swab up my nose for COVID testing in the NFL since I think July 20th. Um, and, you know, thankfully I got a larger nose, but it hadn't been painful. But I, I would tell you that the, the part that probably played a picture in all of that is, you know, as I go to the game today, as I'm around new people, do interviews with people and be exposed tomorrow, doing a a team meeting with the players and getting a chance to meet with them individually, you just can't put the rest of the Giants at risk. Um, it was a very emotional decision for me to not be there. Um, and, and Joe Judge, our head coach there, was in ownership, has just been awesome with me. So I, I literally have probably coached my last day with the Giants. Uh, I'll jump full go into where we're at here to, to give Illinois the full attention that it, that it needs. And for me, I can't I can't do anything but you know focus on the task at hand, which I'm absolutely just – uh, so excited about and, and, and really, really looking forward to jumping in this full go. Were you in the NFL long enough to know that you wanted to go back to college ball or was it just uh, the timing of this particular opening? You know, I don't know if I ever knew, but I can't tell you how many people around me would say, you know, uh, can't wait to get you back in college football when I did 
college game day earlier, um, you know, before I was on, I got a chance to talk to Reese and Kirk and, and uh, Desmond and just first thing he said, Brad, we can't wait to – you're so excited to get you back and uh, specifically in the Big Ten and at Illinois. It's just a, a marriage made in heaven. And, and I would tell you this, like, all I ever really do, and, and obviously we're going to get to know each other, Steve, like I really just worry about the present day. I don't worry too much about what's down the road. I mean, if the next uh, opportunity presented itself in the Big Ten and specifically at Illinois, I knew I would go at it as hard as I could. And, and uh, you know, for whatever reason, the stars aligned and this situation came about, and now it's reality. So I'm thankful for that. But now we just fo- focus on the mission for tomorrow. And uh, you know what? If, if we can uh, uh, take an obser- observation role today, uh, and make tomorrow a better day for Illini football and the University of Illinois. That's mission accomplished, and we'll just keep stacking days together. I wouldn't expect you to remember us, but Lauren and I interviewed six, interviewed you six straight years at uh, Big Ten Football Media Days there on uh, Radio Row, but uh, you probably talked to a few hundred people in that uh, <laughs> that scenario. But uh, welcome to, to the U of I. Welcome uh, on taking over uh, this program. If Josh happens to be in sight, you can hand the phone to him. If not, we'll move on. But uh, we're glad oh, to have you right the... here, and I'll turn him over. Appreciate you, fellas. Looking forward to many more of these conversations. Very good. Thank you, Thank Coach. You. That's Brett Bielma, the new head coach of uh, the University of Illinois football program. Josh Whitman is with us as well. Good morning, Josh. How you doing? Good morning, fellas. Having a great day. How are you? Good. Sounds like you've had a good week. Tell us how this all kind of went down, uh, as much as you feel like telling us about that. I give a lot of credit to our group. You know, we, we put a good plan together as we prepared for the search and, and really thought long and hard about the characteristics we were looking to see in our, our new head football coach. Uh, we did a lot of work and, and went back and, and looked at some of the, the great builds in, in football history, and we studied programs like Kansas State. We studied Iowa. We studied uh, certainly Wisconsin. And uh, as we got through that process, we looked for – similar traits what were the things that those leaders brought to the table we saw things like great confidence we saw people who excelled at bringing on incredibly talented staffs uh, we saw people who built culture uh, and then as we got into our process and started evaluating candidates uh, learned a lot more about Brett in that process and and uh, lo and behold he had worked for Hayden Fry and Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, one of the programs we've studied. He's worked for Bill Snyder at Kansas State, one of the programs we've studied. And, of course, spent a lot of time with Barry Alvarez up at Wisconsin, which was another program that we had studied. And so he, he of course, has firsthand experience in, in some of these great uh, build processes that we've seen in, in college football history. And that piqued my interest and, and then uh, had a chance to, to talk with some more people who've been around Brett and uh, everybody to a person uh, raves about their experience with him. Uh, it's important, as you know, to have somebody who treats people the right way on the field and off from the uh, the people who are cleaning the building all the way up to the to the president of the university. And uh, we just couldn't find a, one ill word about the man. He uh, he, he treats people with class. Uh, he, he has a great vision for the program. He's a, he's a player's coach. He's somebody who's going to build a strong culture in the building and uh, make sure that, that those guys know that they're they're cared for, um, but there's also going to be a great sense of accountability, discipline, um, and so it was. Uh, and then obviously his, his record speaks for itself. His familiarity uh, with the Big Ten, uh, the, the work that he's done uh, with his, his teams over the last uh, 12 seasons as a head football coach, um, and then last but certainly not least, uh, as we had a chance to, to engage with Brett and start talking with him, uh, learning about his intense interest in this job. 
uh, being a native of Illinois, obviously, uh, up in, in Prophetstown and uh, learning about his, his uh, following of the Fighting Illini as he was growing up. Uh, as, as you guys have heard me say in a lot of different settings, we don't want somebody who just wants uh, a big job. We want somebody who wants the Illinois job. And, and Brett uh, had, had unbelievable passion for this place, and uh, that really came through in our conversations. And uh, for, for that reason and, and so many others, just uh, thrilled to have him, Jen, and, and their two daughters joining our, uh, our Illini family. Josh, uh, this is Lauren. As you moved into this, uh, did you, uh, I know, I'm sure you did, get a waiver from the university to move this quickly? And uh, did you do multiple interviews, or was uh, did you talk to anybody besides uh, Brett? We did get the waiver, uh, Lauren, as you, as you would imagine. Uh, and, yes, we did. We, we talked with a number of different people. We think it speaks volumes. And I told this to our players when I met with them at the end of, or I guess at the beginning of this week, days kind of run together. But when, uh, when I talked to our players, I said, look, you're, you're the reason that this is a great job. I said, yeah, we've, we've done a lot, a lot of work. We've put uh, a nice building up out of the ground. We've, we've I think, uh, provided resources and, and gotten the staffing where it needs to be. And, but at the end of the day, uh, it's, uh, it's the 100 players that we've got on that team that, that have made this job exciting. They've, they've done a good job here over the last five years of building a solid foundation that we can continue to grow. Uh, and so – uh, we've, we've had tremendous interest, as you would expect, a Big Ten football program, University of Illinois tradition, uh, the great academic institution that we are. Uh, we, were, we were contacted and, and in contact with many different people, and, and through that process, though, Brett clearly uh, emerged as the front runner, and, and we were just uh, thrilled that someone with his background, pedigree, success, uh, was interested in joining the Fighting Illini, and it was uh, uh, really an easy decision as we got down to the, to the end of the process. Josh, you, um, we moved into this uh, situation right in the middle of signing day, Wednesday through Friday. You didn't have a head coach, really. Uh, I'm told that you got involved with the, with the recruits. I think we signed uh, 14 out of 15 that had committed. What, tell us your involvement with the families and the, and the athletes who basically were signing uh, you know, without a head coach. Yeah, we, we knew, obviously, as we put our timeline together, that, uh, that having a signing period open here in the, in the middle of the search would, would present a concern. And so, and, and we've, we've dealt with that, obviously, every time we go through a coaching change. There's, there's a group of student-athletes who are committed. Uh, this one was a little bit unique in that signing day opened just a few days later. But we always have communication with uh, recruits as part of our plan. And, uh, and we've had success with that over the years. And, and so, in this case, we, uh, we held a Zoom call with the committed recruits and their parents on Monday night. Uh, had a great chance to, to visit with them about the vision that we have for the football program going forward. Uh, had a chance to field their questions, try and, and ease any concerns that they might, they might have had. Uh, and, and similar message to, uh, to that that we delivered to the players, which is, look, you're, you're a part of this football program. You're a part of the reason that this program is so attractive. Uh, and, and we just have tremendous confidence that we're going to be able to go out and, and identify a fantastic new head football coach and uh, stay with us as we get through it, and, and, and they did. Uh, and as you know, we had 14 young men sign their names on Wednesday and, and just owe them a tremendous debt of gratitude uh, for, for remaining loyal to our place, uh, being excited about joining our Fighting Illini family, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to to them having a chance to, to get to know Coach Vilma and, and uh, his family. Did you have a chance uh, to talk to Barry Alvarez about this, or do do ADs do that in these kind of situations? 
ADs do do that, and uh, it was, yes, absolutely. Uh, Barry and I have a great relationship. Of course, I have tremendous respect for him, uh, and, and of course, all the, the great work that he's done up in Wisconsin over the years. Uh, played against Barry when, when he was the, the head football coach there, and uh, have really grown close with him since I've come on board uh, in the AD position. And so did have a chance to, to talk with Barry and, and always appreciate his insight. Of course, he uh, has really strong feelings about Brett and, and their time together up in Madison. And uh, he was really, really excited about the idea of, of Brett coming back into the conference and thought he would be a great fit uh, for, for our program. And, and Barry was just one of, of a dozen or more people who I talked to about Brett and, and the different experiences we've talked to other athletic directors, other coaches, uh, some of his former student athletes. And, and as I said, uh, just not a no word to be said. Everybody has tremendous respect for him and really appreciates the way he goes about his leadership and, and his day-to-day work in building a program. Uh, it was uh, really satisfying to hear that kind of feedback from people and gave me great confidence that we were headed the right direction. Josh, uh, help me on this uh, to understand the, the rules now. You, you have an 85 limitation, but you're allowed to bring back all seniors. How do you handle that, and, and, and how much of a, a financial blow, uh, blow is this to have more than 85? That's a lot of people on scholarships because you've got 14 freshmen coming in. I assume you're going to try to get some transfers, plus you've got the, the seniors that you can return. How, explain how you're moving forward in that. Well, as, as Brett said, and, and certainly as we all know, COVID has, has created challenge on a lot of different fronts for the athletic program and, and for all of us. And uh, as, as we have navigated this through the fall season, now into the winter season, uh, the NCAA, as, as you said, has, has provided some relief uh, to our, our senior student athletes in terms of their eligibility. Um, that has all kinds of implications for the program, not just in football, but in uh, a large number of our sports. And so that's an ongoing effort within DIA. We, we certainly work through uh, a number of different scenarios. When you when you build your rosters like that beyond the, the standard sizes, you, you do have some financial implications, both in terms of scholarships, but also associated operating costs. Um, you've got Title IX considerations. Uh, and then you've got a, a, a consideration just relative to their experience. You want to be sure that you know, the teams don't get so big that all of a sudden you're diluting the experience for those people who are there. And so it's, it's all part of the big a big puzzle and we work through that collaboratively um, and certainly in football as we all know we've got a, a large senior group we've got a talented senior group but group of guys that have been together for a long time played a lot of football for us and so as we get coach on board here we'll sit down with him and and uh, and with those players and, and start to to work through our strategy in, in terms of um, uh, seeing who's interested in coming back and what those opportunities might be. Hey, Josh, we appreciate your time. We appreciate uh, the time with uh, Brett Bielma this morning. I know you've got plenty to do today uh, ahead of the ball game. so thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you real soon. You bet. Josh Whitman, before that, Brett Bielma, the new head football coach at the University of Illinois. We'll have plenty of time for your reaction as we move along. We've got some guests lined up and now backed up, so we'll try to, to catch up. We'll take a break and be back with more on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Join us later today for Fighting Illini Football in Happy Valley against Penn State. A lot of snow out there. Kickoff at 4.30. Illini game day at 2.30 today. And welcome back to the show, everybody. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. We're with you until 11 o'clock or so today here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Brett Bielma, the new Illinois football coach, 
and to Athletic Director Josh Whitman for spending 30 minutes with us off the top to uh, get us up to date on the situation there. Put us a little bit behind schedule, so we thank Adam Rittenberg, our next guest, for rolling with us. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com. Good morning, Adam. Let's get uh, your overall thoughts on uh, the news breaking this morning. Yeah, good morning, uh, Steve and Lauren. Hope you guys are both doing well. Um, it's obviously a big day for Illinois football, and uh, certainly for Brett. You know, I've known Brett for many years, covering the conference, and knew that he really wanted to get back into the college ranks. You know, had some conversations with Michigan State and Colorado last year, and Southern Miss earlier this year, and you know, he certainly was in that top group all along. You know, I'd heard on Friday it was leaning towards Bielema, but you know, Lance Leipold was certainly in that mix as well. I know they talked with Alex Grinch and. Oklahoma, their defensive coordinator, but uh, you know Josh Whitman ultimately going with a guy that has won three Big Ten championships. It's hard to argue with that. You know, in terms of knowing the conference, knowing how to win in this division, having played at Iowa, having coached at Iowa and Wisconsin, so understandable why Illinois ended up going with uh, with Coach B as their next head coach. You've covered uh, the Big Ten. You're more on the national side now, but you've watched Illinois football over the years. Why do you think it's been so hard to sustain success? In Champaign-Urbana. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a mystery. I mean, part of it's investment, right? It, you know, Illinois has an incredible basketball tradition, and it's seen as a basketball school, even though they have, you know, some long-term football history. And I do think the fans care about football there. Uh, I think the, the facilities needed upgrading, and that that's happened. I think, you know, Josh Whitman has focused on football, and, and that's important. I just think it's hard to move up in the Big Ten West. And I won't go on too long of a rant, but I'll just say that people say, well, the Big Ten West doesn't have Ohio State, it doesn't have Penn State, doesn't have Alabama or Clemson or a superpower. But you have some really consistent programs with consistent leadership. And the three that come to mind are Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois. If you think about Barry Alvarez, Kirk Ferentz and now Pat Fitzgerald, you have long-term consistent leadership at those programs and you have investment. And, and these other programs, it's hard for them to move up without one of those moving down. And now Minnesota's even on the rise. So I think it's hard, harder for people to, than, than it seems for a program like Illinois to move up. And they haven't had as much consistency in leadership as those other three programs, nor have they had as much recent success. So I think that's the challenge that's certainly facing Brett Bielema, but he'll go into it eyes wide open. He understands the challenges in Champaign having been in the division for most of his career. Uh, Style-wise, what kind of a coach is he? What, what will be his emphasis? Uh, offense, defense? Uh, I, I don't know enough about him. Well, come on, Lauren. You saw those Wisconsin teams over the years. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure We're going to be Wisconsin. And, 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 That's not bad. <laughs> well, I, yeah, it's not, it's not bad at all. I mean, you know, again, Brett is a pro-style guy. You know, I, 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 I think he could certainly, um, you know, incorporate some changes offensively, but they're not going to be a four-wide, you know, throw it around 50 times a game type team. I think they're going to want to be physical. They're going to want to win the line of scrimmage. He's always had great running backs throughout his career. You know, he spent some time in the NFL now, so I think he'll put some, some more wrinkles from his time with the Patriots and now the Giants into what he does at Illinois. But you, you, just, you just look at them stylistically at Wisconsin. They won with running the ball. They won with controlling the line of scrimmage and, and having great uh, defensive linemen as well. I mean, J.J. Watts among you know, his defensive linemen at Wisconsin. So I, I would imagine that he won't stray too far from the style that we saw for both Wisconsin and Arkansas. I think it was a little bit harder to win with that style in the SEC West than it was in the Big Ten West, um, and, and that's why I think you know he has a chance to have some success at Illinois. I wanted to ask you this about before we had a head coach, just what you thought about this whole business of playing this year, whether 
how are we going to look back on this in a few years? It just seemed like there's so many odd oddities, in, in, you know, particularly with Penn State and Michigan and Indiana doing what they did. And, and yesterday we had some playoff games. The wrong teams seemed to win. I'm not saying that that uh, Oregon's the wrong team, but they didn't even win their division. <laughs> and uh, now they're the champions of the Pac-12. What's your reaction to this whole thing? Yeah, Lauren, I'm glad there was football. I think it was uh, certainly great that, that we, we saw guys on the field. But, um, you know, it's certainly fair to ask whether it was worth it. I, I do think it was worth it. Um, I think that, you know, there were some errors made as far as uh, figuring out when to start the season. And understandably, I mean, it was it was a pandemic and there's a lot of different information coming in. But, you know, clearly uh, the, the leagues that started their seasons earlier were able to play more games. And that's the frustrating thing for those of us in Big Ten territory is, you know, we have to wait so long for games and then there's a bunch of them canceled and, and, and you're only getting in, you know, five games, six games in some cases for Big Ten teams. And so, you know, but, but you know, in, in the South and, you know, in the, you know, the ACC, Big, uh, Big 12, SEC, you know, they're playing 10 or 11 games. So they, they got their seasons in. And so it felt a little bit more normal. But this is going to be always looked at as, wow, they, they played college football during a pandemic. They got through it. It's just kind of a get through it type season and on to 2021. And, you know, Illinois is one of those places that can really turn the page now because you do have a new coach, a new coaching staff coming in and, and, and certainly reason for optimism, but it's hard to extrapolate too much. I mean, it was Penn state, an under 500 program. No, is Michigan a program that's trending down? I would say yes. Is Indiana a program that's trending up? I also would say yes. So it's not like you can just dismiss what happened this, this year on the field, but you also have to factor in the circumstances. There was a game last night in uh, the Big Ten. Nebraska beat Rutgers 28-21. I'm not sure I would have bet that Rutgers could be the only team to play. No, I, I take that back. Penn State will play nine games after today's game. But uh, they got all the way through the schedule with playing nine games. And, of course, the big game today is Northwestern against Ohio State for the Big Ten title. How do you size that one up? Yeah, well, there's some reports coming in now, and we've heard this was probably coming, that um, the Ohio State's going to have uh, some – some uh, key players out, you know, possibly Chris Olave, their leading receiver, um, you know, that's going to impact them a little bit, but uh, you know, certainly they have, you know, major matchup advantages, as you guys know, with pretty much any team that they faced with Justin Fields and you know, some of their talent on defense. You know, I think it's going to be fun to watch Ohio state's offense, which is number one in the big 10 against Northwestern's defense, which is number one in the big 10. I think Northwestern's defense is top five in many categories nationally. So can they create takeaways? That's the big thing. They didn't have any last week against Illinois. They're going to have to create some turnovers like Indiana did against Justin Fields and then convert those for points, unlike Indiana did. And then Northwestern's also going to have to win in the red zone, where they've actually been very good both offensively in terms of scoring touchdowns and then defensively in terms of denying touchdowns and allowing field goals. So if those things can happen, I think they'll have a shot. Otherwise, uh, you're probably too much Ohio State today. I, I thought the word out of Northwestern was the best I ever heard. You don't know who we are. <laughs> they will play defense. <laughs> I mean, there's no question. And I, I'm not saying that. I mean, I think the world has written this game up. I think everybody thinks that uh, Ohio State will win handily and be in the Final Four. But I just wonder. I, I just want Northwestern has a way sometimes. And as I say that, in most years where Northwestern has had a championship, they didn't have to play Ohio State. So I may. I don't know which way I'm going on this, but I. I just think they might make it interesting for a while. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, Ohio State has been a, a real challenge for Northwestern. They've barely beaten them since the 60s, and, uh, and you know, understandably. I mean, Ohio State's one of the great programs in college football. So, you know, I think, I think from a Northwestern standpoint, you would like to go through the best team and earn a championship, and, and they'll have that opportunity today. But it's going to be tough, and they're going to have to play their cleanest game, and they're going to have to find a way. Defensively, guys, they're good enough. It's just the offense. Can they, can they make enough big plays, and can they create enough mistakes from Ohio State's standpoint, to get into the game in the fourth quarter with an opportunity. I mean, that's that's the question. I mean, they 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 they, they battle. You guys know that they 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 can they can hold their own with everybody in the Big Ten West and pretty much everybody in the conference. But this is the one team where where the talent differences have shown up over the years. Um, certainly last year, but even in the Big Ten championship game in 2018. Pretty good day to be in front of the TV. A lot of good uh, football and college basketball on the schedule. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com. We appreciate you being flexible with us this morning. And as always, thanks for taking time to visit with us. You bet, guys. Enjoy the games and uh, stay safe. Thanks, guys. Yeah, happy holidays to you. It is 945, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We'll take a break and be back with more after this. Join us for Fighting Illini Men's Basketball, a tough customer, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights at noon on Sunday. Our Illini game day pregame coverage at 10 o'clock Sunday morning. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It is 948 Illini Pellas, Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate on what's turned into a busy Saturday morning with the announcement of a new football coach at the University of Illinois. Brett Bielma is the man. We had him on off the top. Josh Whitman spent a few minutes with us as well. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com joined us to give uh, his opinion of the situation. Now we go back to the phones and our scheduled guest for this time slot, even though he is a little bit flexible, which we appreciate. David Jones, who covers uh, Penn State for uh, PennLive.com and the Harrisburg Patriot Times. David, good morning. How are you? Hi, Steve. How are you doing? We're doing well. Your thoughts on uh, this hiring? It. Uh, Came about his name, uh, Brett Bielma's name was certainly mentioned as a possible candidate. Did it surprise you at all? Uh, no, but I would have hired Leipold. That would have been my choice, but I understand what Josh did. Uh, he's a Wisconsin guy. He can recruit right there. He knows the place, knows the area, big personality. I think it's, it's kind of symptomatic of what we see these days from athletic directors and even university presidents. They need somebody they can sell. And Brett Bielema will win the press conference. You can sell that big personality, and, and you can't sell somebody like Lance Leipold quite as well, who's more of a technician, uh, who just is a good football coach. And you don't know if he can recruit the way uh, Bielema might or probably will. Yeah. So there's that. So I understand what they're doing. Yeah. He uh, is a native of the state of Illinois and, of course, recruited the state and other Midwest states while at uh, Wisconsin. So... Um, and three Rose Bowl teams up there, three Big Ten champions, so he knows what the Big Ten is about. And we were talking earlier, and Lawrence said, well, you know, if he turns Illinois into to Wisconsin from those days, maybe that wouldn't be a bad thing either. Yeah, I think what they probably did is they paid 4.2 uh, a year for third place in the West. But, you know, it's all, it's all about expectations. And at Illinois, that wouldn't be bad either. Heck, uh, it's it's. I think it's turned into a much more competitive division than anyone anticipated, um, and this will help. They're not going to finish sixth or seventh, you know that. 
and they've been doing that the last uh, pretty much the last five years with the lovey. So uh, maybe it'll work out. I, I tend to slant more toward guys who are just really good football coaches and don't necessarily have all the uh, personality and the, the, the talent behind the microphone. And I really liked Lance Leipold, so I was a little disappointed for him. Um, guys like Scott Satterfield, who probably wouldn't have gotten a shot at Louisville except the job was so toxic. Uh, there's another type of guy like that. Um, I was talking to Lauren about that yesterday, that, that Leipold, he can just coach, man. <laughs> and I, I, I hate to see guys who maybe you can't sell to the alumni base and the donors um, get short-shifted, but that's, that's what happens, and, and it's part of the game. Everyone understands it. Well, uh, David, the reason we originally uh, contacted you to have you on today is we want to know a little bit about Penn State. Illinois is coming over there with about two-thirds of a team, I mean, with linebackers and and, uh, offensive linemen out and defensive backs out. Illinois is really crippled going into this game. What's the status of uh, Penn State? They've been in very good shape considering since about the first – three or four weeks of the season, which was not in good shape at all. They uh, lost their best offensive and defensive players uh, through reasons that had nothing to do with COVID or injuries um, before the season even began. Uh, Journey Brown, who was their best running back and pretty much the team leader on offense, uh, had a heart condition that's going to ban him from football the rest of his life. And um, Micah Parsons opted out, who was – probably the best defender in the league uh, linebacker and he opted out before the season to concentrate on his his pro uh, his pro prospects and he's going to be a first round choice in the uh, upcoming NFL draft so they lost those two guys then they lost Noah Kane on the first series of the season at Indiana and he's out for the year he was their second best running back and a very good talent uh, they lost Pat Fryermuth halfway through the season, the All Big Ten tight end. So they did lose some people, but lately they've managed uh, COVID protocol really, really well. Uh, they haven't lost any games. They're one of two teams in the league that haven't lost any games due to COVID protocol. Of course, half of that is good fortune because you can't come into contact with somebody that uh, has it, or you you can't play somebody that that's that's had to scratch a game. So some of it's luck, but they've gotten all their games in all eight and they're, they're the only ones. How do you, other than I think uh, Rutgers. How do you explain the, I call it a slump of Penn state this year. Why have they fought? This is not the normal Penn state that we, we are accustomed to. Well, I just told you, I mean, (laughs) those were, those are huge losses at the start of the season. I mean, that's, that's, I, I think also, the Indiana game, they should not have lost. And if they don't lose that game, a lot changes. Mm-hmm. They could have they could have tolerated the loss against Ohio State and still been in the running for something really special. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they blew that game against Indiana because of bad game management, bad time management by James Franklin, and that's just the way it is. I mean, he did not make it clear to the backup running back uh, that he should not score. And uh, Tom Allen was letting them score and let him run right into the end zone, and he, he, he had misgivings about it. But then he went in, and that gave Indiana the ball back. If he just goes down, 
uh, with a first down on the two-yard line, the, the game's over. Well, he figured it over. out when he was about one yard in the end zone, didn't he? Yeah, you saw it. Yeah, you know, and the <laughs> He kid, knew he I mean, was he, doing the wrong he's thing. A, he's a rookie, but, I mean, that's, that's the head coach's job, to make that apparent, make that very, very clear. You have to tell one or maybe two guys what the plan is. That's a timeout. You cannot score. Do not score. <laughs> it, it rubs against everything intrinsically in a player not to score. So you've got you have to make it exceedingly clear, and he didn't. That's clear. He would have he he would have he would have followed the orders. So that really, I mean, Indiana. You know the story. They came back, forced overtime. Michael Penix made some incredible throws. Their receivers, especially Freifogel, made some great catches. Wap Fillier made some great catches, and they got it to overtime, and they won. They deserved to win it at the end. But the but dive, the dive for the not, uh, corner, the dive for the corner, kind of showed that he touched the ball to the ground just inches before it touched. You know, I, I initially I thought I agreed with you, but then someone, everyone's looking at the pylon. Yeah. Of whether the ball touched the pylon, but what about the point of the ball breaking the plane of the goal line? <laughs> so when I saw that, when I someone said that, and I went, yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, you can't tell if that didn't happen. So, well, I probably would have called it no touchdown. I understood why they why they did it. And Indiana, Chiefs. I mean, at the end of that, they deserve to win the game. So okay, but they, here, they here's what I want to ask State. you. They go home and play Ohio State, and then they, they, they can't beat them. Nobody can beat them, and they're 0-2. And in this season, a COVID season, when you're 0-2, and you know the season's over. Um, you're going to have you're going to have kind of a demeanor problem. Yeah, let down. That's exactly what I wanted to ask you. I mean, yeah. once once you're disappointed, yeah. it's hard to bounce back. I think in this particular yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, it's all about expectations. I mean, like what what about what I you know what I said about Illinois before? If Illinois fans get eight and four seasons out of Brett Bielema, they'll be ecstatic, won't they? Or will they? You yep. tell me. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Well, at least for a few yeah. years of eight and four, but then you, <laughs> then you want more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but right right, you know, he could live there with eight and four. Uh, at Penn State, it's never enough, and these fans have been spoiled rotten. And when something like that happens here, um, you know, they're ready for heads to roll. Uh, and then it grew into zero and five, and really, it was a demeanor problem. It was a matter of expectations. Expectations are so high here even from the players. <laughs> so, you know, once they know that, what are we, and then you've got this, this weird season and they're, I'm sure they were thinking, what are we doing out here? Why, why are we doing this? And then you, you got to get that out of your mind before you can get the ball rolling again, which they finally did to their credit. Uh, after 0 and 5, now they're 3 and 5, maybe 4 and 5. Speaking of, so you got to give them all the credit in the world. Speaking of getting things out of your system, is this uh, 2020, College football season going to be one that you just as soon forget ever happened. Get it, let's get it over with. Yes, Steve. Yes, <laughs> I I don't think anyone's going to remember this fondly. Um, it's to me these are college athletes, and college football is a different game than professional games. And if you take all the stuff, all the the bands and cheerleaders and, and tailgating and fans and, and the beautiful campuses and people getting together and alumni coming back to, to the school. You take all that away, 
It's not college football. It's a business. But that's why they're out there. It's a business. And it became baldly obvious that this is why everyone was playing. Some people could deal with that and some people couldn't. Some players could deal with it and others couldn't. Um, it, it, you know, the, the, think of it from, no one thinks of it from the player standpoint, but the reason it's so much fun for them is they're playing, a lot of it is they're playing in front of their, their folks. They're playing in front of their, their classmates, not just 60, 70, 100,000 fans. They're playing in front of all these, these people they know, they're friends. And that's all gone. It's all gone. I, I think you can pull this off with professional sports uh, where the athletes have collecting bargaining units and they've got protection and they've agreed to a certain amount of risk. But to me, this whole thing has just been kind of wrong. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't like, I didn't, I haven't liked any of it. Hey David, we've liked having you on though. We appreciate uh, your time and <laughs> we, uh, we wish you a very uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll talk to you again uh, once th- we well, get in. Good luck to you guys, and, and stay safe, and, and uh, good luck to uh, Bielema and the Illini. It's certainly got a big name. Yeah. David Jones, thank, thank you very you, much. David. We appreciate it. 10 o'clock, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. David Jones with uh, PennLive.com. He's covered Penn State for a long time for the uh, Harrisburg Patriot Times. We'll take a break. Hour number one's in the books. We'll continue with hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Hour number one down, hour number two getting started. Busy day, a news-breaking day with Illinois Athletic Director Josh Whitman this morning naming Brett Bielma, former Wisconsin head coach, the new head coach of the University of Illinois football team. Coming up shortly, we'll get the phone lines open and uh, you can express your opinion about that if you uh, so desire. Going to step aside and talk a little basketball right now with Kendall Gill, Illini Hall of Famer. Good morning, KG. How are you? All right. How you doing, Steve? Good, good. The reason, uh, main reason I want to talk to you, we always like to get your viewpoint on uh, the Illini basketball team and the Chicago Bulls as the Bulls get set to start their season. But my main reason for calling you was to talk a little bit about Jimmy Collins. I know um, you were saddened, as we all were, by his death a week ago and just talk a little bit about what he meant to you uh, as as not only a, a student athlete at that time, but now a man, and what uh, the importance of of him in your life. Well, he, he meant everything to to all of us, and um, you know, uh, I'm actually going through uh, thinking about him right now, as you call, because his service is at eleven o'clock, and and, and we're all going uh, to attend it, but. Uh, you know, he was more than a coach, more than a recruiter. Um, you know, he, he was the architect of the the flying Illini. Um, and, you know, he was everybody's right-hand man. Even even in our 50s and, and 40s, coach still called and, and checked on us. 
Um, you know, we still, we would always still go by his house uh, in Flossmore here. Um, and he just had a certain type of effect on people that, you know, you made you love the guy, you know, and it didn't matter if you did, if you did something wrong, he loved you unconditionally if he loved you, you know, and uh, it's, it's just a, a very sad day last week. Uh, we, we, we knew a week beforehand, all the players did, we knew a week beforehand, you know, the, the situation of, of what was was coming but you know the day that it came it, it still did not matter i mean it was just you know it was a bad day for us <laughs> well it's been been kind of a bad 2020 for illinois basketball with the passing of yeah. co- course of coach henson and tony yates also this calendar year yeah. and jimmy and and lou talked a little bit about how they worked together because they were a lot alike in the way they handled mm-hmm. people but i'm sure that uh, they were different in ways too they, they, they were different in ways. Coach Henson was more direct. Um, you know, he told you something once and expected you to do it. Um, and But uh, Coach Collins was more of the soothing. You know, he, he, he would come and sit you down and talk to you for 15, 20 minutes or however long it took uh, to solve a problem if you had one. Um, you know, but both were, were very similar in, in their coaching style. And in the way that we felt about him, um, you know, as you guys know, I, I still would go and, and, and visit Coach Henson at his house in in Champaign, you know, in, in his later years. And he would come out to the golf outing that I have uh, there every year with Cunningham Children's Home. And, uh, you know, I, I had no idea that after my playing days at Illinois that I would become better friends with uh, Coach Henson and Coach Collins. You know, and they would mean more to me after I was done playing than when I was playing. I mean, it, you know, it's most most guys from different universities and everything, once they leave, they leave. It's not like they don't really have uh, the relationship that our players had with Coach Henson and Coach Collins. Well, Kendall, it's a, it's a tough one for everybody on this because – they were friends to the people here in Champaign as much as they were the players. It's just amazing, when, you know, particularly uh, Lou, although Jimmy moving to Chicago was a little different, but um, it's been a, it's just been a bad year all the way around. I guess I wanted to swing you over to the, the team and you being a guard yourself, I'd like to ask you about your reaction to what you're seeing with Io, what you're seeing from Corbello, what you see in this team this year. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you switched subjects because I'm getting teary-eyed over here. <laughs> uh, you know, thinking about uh, Coach Henson and Coach Collins. Uh, um, but what I see in um, Io and and, and and Corbello, I'm glad that Io came back. Uh, I think that he's one of the best players in the country uh, at six foot five. His, his ability to, to to handle the basketball and um, and penetrate and and shoot and shoot the way that he can now is of course we know when he came in his freshman year his jump shot really wasn't reliable it was it was kind of streaky but now you know his, his jump shot is reliable and and I can tell you what I, I love Curbelo I, I just like watching him play because he can get anywhere he wants to go with the basketball he's crafty uh, he knows the game and then, you know he's still young so just imagine if he stays. Uh, until his junior year, like I.O., 
has done or to, until his senior year. I mean, he, he's going to be fun to watch. Um, I think Adam Miller is a very, very good shooter. Uh, you know, so we we have things headed in the right direction. You know, and I and I know we went up against Baylor, the second ranked team in the in the country right now. But you know, that was a good test for us. I mean, most of those guys on Baylor are juniors, seniors, so they they're really grown men ready ready to play. Um, and but you know, we're gonna see what happens down here later in the season. Uh, I think that we can win the Big Ten. I know the Big Ten is stacked right now. But um, I really, really like the direction in which our team is going. Speaking to Kendall Gill, does Curbelo remind you of anybody that you played against or with during your career? Uh, Rod Strickland. Okay. Because of, because, because of his ability to get where he wants to go with the basketball, he seems like he's always under control. I know he turns the ball over a little bit uh, more than uh, we would like right now, but uh, and his ability to finish at the rim, too. You know, he. I mean, he he can get he can get there and and and, and finish. And you know, I, I I just like everything about it. I like his hairstyle. I like <laughs> Puerto Rican hair. I, I like everything about it. You know, and, and I sit with my son, uh, Phoenix, and, and and watch him play. And Phoenix loves him too. So you know, we can't we actually can't wait for him to come in the game. Part <laughs> so part of the turnover uh, issue is guys are not expecting the ball all the time. <laughs> Maybe right, the, yeah yeah. And, 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 and you're right, Steve, because you have to learn how to play with a guy like that, you know, uh, because, you know, he could throw you a pass and you're not, you're not even expecting it. But when you're used to playing with him, you expect passes from him at any time. So uh, he, he, he really has a, a bright, bright future uh, with the Illini. I, I got to ask you about a game that's being played today. I was playing Gonzaga. What do you think is going to happen? I think Gonzaga is going to win. Yeah. You know, I, I know that. I, yeah, I know. I know that that Garza is, is one of the best players in the, in the country as well. And I mean, he's he's a load too. But you know, I, I like Gonzaga, and, and and we'll see what happens with with. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it's a fifty fifty game, but but I'm still going to lean towards Gonzaga. <laughs> well, I I think Iowa's defense is always a question mark, but boy, they got some shooters around Garza. They couldn't they, they build a better yeah. offensive group to 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 be. A, and by the way, if you just guard him with one player, you're dead. You can't stop him. Yeah, that 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 is the truth. And and you know Iowa has the ability. Uh, who was that a couple of weeks ago that they came back on when they just started shooting all three pointers? I forget who 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 they beat, but. Uh, you know, you're, you're absolutely right, Lauren. They, they can shoot the basketball and with Garza in, inside, man. They, I mean, that's a tough team. What can you tell us about the Bulls? They're going to have a team this year? <laughs> we are going to have a team. Uh, you know, I like the addition of Kobe White and um, Zach Levine as the backcourt. And, uh, you know, this kid, Pat Williams, who they picked number four, a lot of people were saying, well, who, who is this guy? You know, pick number four. This kid can play. And he's only 19 years old, six foot eight, and a lot of people don't know that he used to play point guard. So he has a great, a high basketball IQ. He has a great feel for the game, and he he's gonna and defensively he can guard four positions. So, you know, I think that they did a great job of of, of doing their scouting and, and drafting this kid. And uh, you know, I'm looking I'm looking for a lot better things. Uh, Lawrence, because you know, I for for a couple of years now we we haven't been you know too good up here in Chicago, <laughs> but you know hopefully if we can stay healthy. I think that this team can buy for maybe seventh, eighth playoff spot. You said if we can stay healthy, you think the that the healthy. NBA can get through a season now with playing games on all the different courts? 
I, I, I believe so. And, you know, the teams that I worry about are like the, the Lakers and uh, the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics teams uh, that played deep into uh, the playoffs because they only have a two-month break. You look at the Chicago Bulls, they've been off for nine months. And a lot of teams and a lot of players have had an opportunity to rest. It's those guys that are coming back off of two, just two months off that I worry about. Hey, Kendall, we appreciate your time. Please give uh, our respects to the Collins family uh, today when you stop by the service for Jimmy. We, we certainly uh, miss him. And one other player in the uh, line I lost this year that I failed to mention and should have is Robert Archibald, yes, who sir. passed away great guy. last uh, yeah, January. Archibald but, Kendall, always good to catch up with you. Thank you, sir. Okay, guys, thank you. You bet. Kendall Gill with us, Illini Hall of Famer at 1012. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, the phone line is open. If you'd like to weigh in on the hiring of Brett Bielma as the Illinois football coach or anything else, feel free to do it after this. Join us later today for Fighting Illini Football in Happy Valley against Penn State. A lot of snow out there. Kickoff at 430. Illini game day at 230 today. <laughs> Welcome back to Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. I'm glad that uh, commercial break <laughs> got over because Lauren was going down memory lane with me <laughs> off the air and we'll leave it at that. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number if you'd like to join us. Uh, Brett Bielma, the new head football coach at the University of Illinois. We had him on in uh, the uh, first half hour of the show along with Josh Whitman. Now we've got an open line. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, will join us in about 15 minutes, but we'll keep the line open. Now until 11 o'clock, if you'd like to join us, uh, let's go with Alan in Montrose. Hey, Alan. Morning, guys. Uh, boy, what a week this has been. At this time uh, last Saturday after the Northwestern game, I called up there on the post-game show. You know, I was kind of exasperated. Uh, I asked the question, guys, what is it going to take to get Levy Smith fired? I really didn't think it was going to happen. I wasn't expecting it. Then the next day, it did happen. Now, a week later, we've got a new coach. Uh, I had no idea it was going uh, They was looking at preliminary. I didn't stay up on it real well. But the uh, more I think about it, the more I think I kind of like to hire myself. Okay, let's everybody take this um, pronunciation class one time here, and we'll get it right. It's, and Lauren and I have known Brett for a while, but we've always called him Bilama. But uh, phonetically, it's Bielma. So two, two syllables. Yep, Bielma. Bielma. So everybody will oh, get that right sooner than later. Anything? What's that? Bielma. Okay. Yep. You don't use the L in uh, whatever. You, you don't use <laughs> the e. You don't use the e after the second the, e. Yeah, the second e is oh, okay. Bielma. 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 Okay. No, well, no, no, easier. Alan. It's not Bielma. It's Bielma. Okay. I tried to say that, Bill. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, you like the hiring of him. Now, the more you think about it, is that what you said? Yeah, I do have a question. What happened with him at Arkansas there at the end? Uh, did he leave on his own, or did he get fired after a couple of years, or what happened there? He was there from 2013 to 17. Probably didn't win enough games in the SEC, no probably about it. He was 29 and 34. And my recollection okay. is he got fired. But he had a couple of good years there, didn't he? I'd have to look it up year okay. by year. But, again, he's under 500, so they thought they could do better than that. 
Yeah. I, well, I'm not fully aware of everything about Bielma because this happened at eight o'clock this morning. I didn't think he would go that direction. I thought he was going to go with Leipold. Yeah, his and uh, and uh, we we've got a lot of research to do. Yeah, Bielma's name was mentioned as somebody oh, that yeah. had been he had talked to. Well, but, Alvarez uh, was pushing him. I mm-hmm. know that, and and uh, so uh, I, the first message I got from anybody after after Lovey was fired uh, was from Alvarez saying you should hire B- Brett, and that's all he said. Four words: you should hire Brett. And that's and I'm thinking that's Brett. A, oh, Brett. Oh, okay. I'm thinking who's Brett at first, and then I oh yeah, Bielma. So did he leave on kind of bad terms at Wisconsin? No. He well, left. Uh, he left for to get more money. I mean, it was a big money difference there, but he wasn't getting paid that much at as much at Wisconsin as as Arkansas was willing to pay. Okay, uh, but I thought Alvarez wasn't real happy for him leaving. Uh, if I recall the situation, but uh, well, he I'm probably wasn't. But I don't think he was. It was a money grab. They offered him an outrageous whatever. I don't remember what it was, but. They offered him uh, significantly more than he was making, and he felt like, why not? It's it's a situation you always have, Steve, when the head coach hires an assistant. The assistant coach doesn't get paid as much as if you went outside and got somebody else. It just seemed like they they always feel, well, you're already making this much. Now we're going to give you this much, and it'll be more than you've ever made in your life. You ought to be happy. And and you also turn over a really good team to him. Can I make one more comment? Yeah. Uh, earlier this week, the recruiting we got, Channel 3 made a big deal out of our best player being a top 500 player. And I sat up, I said, what? You're talking about our best player in the top 500? I said, what's the rest of the class? Uh, are they between 500 and 1,000? I mean, top it's not, it's not a high-ranked class. class. It's ranked uh, about, Absolutely uh, not. I, I think 68 was what I saw, but I'm – a week behind. I haven't double checked since then, but they were ranked 68. And the problem isn't just this one class. The problem is the last three to four classes have all been very mediocre, very, very low rank in the bottom four of the Big Ten every year. This team is ranked 13th out of the 14 teams, only Purdue behind. Okay. Well, I thought we were dead last. Yeah. Well, no, okay. we're, we're 13th. Thanks, Alan. Got some people lined up behind you. Let's go to Nick in Champaign. Good morning, Nick. You're on the air. Hey, what's up, guys? Not much. Um, what's on your mind? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a I, yeah. I'm a freshman at Illinois. I've been an Illinois fan my whole life. Die hard. Um, from Champaign, lived here for 15 years. So this makes me excited. Um, seen a lot of coaching changes, uh, football and basketball throughout my time. But um, this looks good for recruiting, especially in-state recruiting. Um, and hopefully we can uh, bring some stability back to the program. I've been looking for that for a long time. So. Yeah, it makes me excited, and um, I've been listening to, listening to you guys my whole life, too, on the radio, so first time calling. Appreciate you guys letting me on, and uh, yeah, love to hear your thoughts. No problem. Thanks for taking time to call, Nick. We appreciate it, and get those uh, students riled up over there. That's what uh, Illinois needs. Let's go to Eric in Maryland. Hey, Eric. Hey, guys. How you doing? Okay. What's up? I uh, just had a comment. I think it's, well, I think I'm more happy with the, the firing of Lovey than the hiring, but I think Belima, I hope I'm getting it right. I think uh, his credentials, three Big Ten championships. Uh, he did okay at Arkansas. He's a in-the-trenches guy. He, he grooms hogs in the front line. So 
I think it'll be a power running uh, situation for Illinois. And he's got to get those big Illinois uh, linemen to, to commit to Illinois to, to make it a success. My question for you guys is in the contract, is there anything that states that, uh, you know, I know he's an Illinois guy, but he went to Iowa. He groomed under Hayden Fry. Kirk Ferentz is getting to the point where he's maybe getting ready to call it quits. Is there any type of uh, language in the contract that prevents him from seeking any other Big Ten job? I'm sure there's not, but I but uh, but there might be a, a buyout that would be make it difficult, particularly to begin with. But I that's a really good question because the Iowa job, as it stacks up right now, uh, based on what they've done the last five, six, ten, twenty years under Ferentz, is is uh, is a better job. I mean, it's a job that would attract more people. But I I just don't know. By the way, we never got. Nobody's even mentioned Fickle on the show today. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if Fickle ever got interviewed or he turned it down or didn't or wasn't interested or what do you think, Steve? Don't know. I guess maybe we won't know that, but uh, he was certainly a hot name and continues to be. He's focusing on a, on a game today. But when you ask about the contract, we haven't read it, obviously, so there could be anything in there that uh, there could be things in there we don't know about. There always are things in contracts that we don't know about. Well, I'd like to hire. I, I think he's going to be uh, good for Illinois high school football. Uh, I just, it's just hard for me to fathom that Lovey Smith didn't go to any of those clinics. Very rarely went out and recruited in the high schools. I mean, uh, I know Whitman wanted to give him every last possible chance he could, but I think this is a couple years overdue. His recruiting was horrible. He's probably left the program in terms of recruiting no better than Tim Beckman left his, you know, his his regime. So I, I, what's your thoughts about that? What, what does Lima it, have? It couldn't hardly be worse in the state of Illinois. It could, it, yeah, he, it's in worse shape than it's ever been. I, I think it's, it's better. I, I, I almost want to say much better, but much is too strong. It's, it's in a better spot for the next guy than it was for Lovey. That's not necessarily taking Lovey's defense, although Lovey did a lot of, a lot of good things that, that didn't, I mean, they didn't uh, translate to wins. I've got that, and I get it. It's a win-loss business. But as far as a mentor for the the young guys that are here, uh, he's a he's a fine, fine human being. And and you know, you may think that doesn't matter. I personally do. I wouldn't have had a problem with uh, my son playing for a guy like Lovey Smith. But the bottom line is, he didn't produce enough wins in the five years, and that's why the change was made. It's all about recruiting, Steve, yeah, when it comes right down to it. And, and he wasn't getting that job done. Can Bielma do it? I don't know. I think the you know there's fewer off-the-field issues the last five years than there have been uh, oh, yeah. previous to that. So Absolutely. in that regard, I think uh, the program's in. And from a facility standpoint, yes. there's no comparison. Yep. Hey, Eric, thanks. We appreciate the call. Let's go to uh, Steve and White Heath. Hey, Steve. Yeah, you know, you were talking about uh, Coach B going to Arkansas. I think part of the reason, if I recall it, he left to go to Arkansas because he wanted more money to hire assistant coaches. And I don't know if it was Barry wouldn't give it to him or what, but Arkansas guaranteed him more money to hire assistant coaches. And I think that's what he left for, not so much his salary, but he wanted money for assistant coaches. And secondly, I think he'll win because he knows it starts up front with the line. He did it at Wisconsin, and I, I know he'll find linemen, but he knows that's where it starts on the defense and offense. That'd be okay to have a, 
a Wisconsin type of line every year, wouldn't it? 6'6 uh, six, six and 315. It would be nice, but I will tell you, those are built. They just don't show up. I know. Those are built over three, four years. And, you know, are we willing to have, are we willing to be that patient? Yeah, you don't have any choice. But, I mean, you have to, you, you're just not going to bring in a 300-pound high school kid or a 280-pound right. high school kid and put him in the line and expect him to dominate in the Big Ten. Everybody else got the same idea. And they got a head start on us, Steve, and at Iowa and Wisconsin. And they those got guys, a head start. for the most part, a lot of those guys redshirt anyway right from the get-go. So you, you've, got, oh, yeah. you've got them around five years later as 21- or 22-year-old guys that yeah. are grown men then. I know this is a a bad statement, but we almost played no freshmen this year, and next year we will play almost no freshmen, assuming we get some of our players back that we expect to get back. But the freshmen just aren't going to be contributors. They're First of all, they're not they've got to develop and this is not a great freshman class anything else steve well i i, I think b's going to be successful just because you know josh wants it to be successful josh is going to give him whatever it needs to be successful and uh like you said like lauren said patience but uh you know he's going to start with the line that may take a couple of years but uh you know he's going to do it his way and i, I think it's going to be a winner all right. Appreciate the call. Thanks. Let's go down to uh, North Carolina. Marty is with us. Hey, Marty. Morning, Steve. Morning, Lauren. What do you think? Well, a bit of a, a bit of surprise. Well, I was lukewarm till I heard him speak, and I like the. I learned years ago, after the crash in the '80s in the stock market, someone did a study and found out what people were looking for in a financial guy, and they said the number one thing, believe it or not, was enthusiasm. And he's got a lot of enthusiasm. I kind of like that. So I'm going to give him a break. I also coached up in Morrison, which is about four miles from Prophetstown. They were the key rival in the conference up there. And there's a lot of Beelmans up there, a whole bunch. So uh, he knows Illinois, he knows Iowa, he knows Wisconsin, he knows Indiana. He'll be, he'll be able to recruit, and he will get the big dogs. And remember, the reason they have all those big hogs up there is because they do something Lauren likes so much. They redshirt kids. Yeah, and they give them time in the weight room and build them up, and that's what they're going to have to do at Illinois eventually. So, I was impressed. That, I was impressed with him after having him on this morning, and as I mentioned, Lauren and I had talked to him in previous years, but only for five or six minutes. But we had him a little bit longer there, and he sounded very enthusiastic and uh, yeah. very glad to uh, about uh, what he's about to take on. Yeah, I think he wanted the job, and that's key. That's very important that you want it. And uh, he's in an age where he's not jumping ship to go anywhere else. This is If he's going to make his mark, this is where he's going to make it, uh, you know, the second time around. So that's good. However, Steve, I'd like to see some, some cardinal uh, activity. <laughs> I mean, it, it's gotten so bad, Lauren. It's gotten so bad. They've had the same latest news for five straight days on their website. They haven't changed a damn thing. You well, think a writer could find something to write about. I think I'm just going to wait for the season. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. You're, you're bringing up something that's just way in the back of my mind. <laughs> I think about it all the darn time. That's a, uh, We that's can tell that, Marty. We, we, we understand that. <laughs> I was really? Just, hey, yeah. I, one, one last thing. I don't want to take too much time. I heard a, a vicious rumor that there was a kid uh, named Sonny Tate that held the scoring record at what we used to call in B-Mint the little gym, the old gym there that 
you talked about last week on one of the shows. Is there is there any truth to that rumor? I don't know. I think it, I think that's true, but I don't know for sure. I know yeah. I got 36 there one night. Well, you're the, digging yeah, deep for news I, I heard now, Marty. You know the scoring record in that gym. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. Well, I have it from a good source who watched <laughs> probably every game that was ever played there. So I, okay. I think you you still hold the record there. Lauren. Well, I think they probably burned down the gym by now. That's doing some research, Marty. <laughs> Appreciate your time, buddy. All right, bye bye. Moving up on 1030, 3569397 is the number. Hey, if you've thought about uh, replacing your windows and doors at all in uh, the past few months, how about a trip to the Pella Window Store, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign? Mike Mary and the folks there will be happy to visit with you. They've been doing so in the area for almost 50 years now, and they do things the right way. A lot of things to consider when replacing windows and doors, things like security, comfort, and convenience. Well, the Pella Window Store has many examples on the showroom floor in several styles and price ranges, entry doors, sliding patio doors, all kinds of windows. You'll find them at the Pella Window Store on North Country Fair Drive. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, or you can make a Saturday appointment, uh, uh, Saturday visit by appointment if you like, or check them out at Pella of <laughs> PellaofChampagne.com. Sorry, Mike Mary, I'm stumbling through this, but PellaofChampagne.com for Mike Mary and the folks at the Pella Window Store. I like Pella. I'm still... I don't care how I much you too. mess it up. I, love, I still like Pella. I've still got the, your <laughs> off-the-air comments going around in my head. I can't get that out of my <laughs> Need to take a break. 1031 callers, stay on hold and feel free to join us. Matt Daniels is going to join us as well. And our conversation will continue about the hiring of Brett Bielma as the Illinois football coach back after this. Lanai Pella Saturday Sports Talk continues. We're here until 11. Phone line is open. Matt Daniels, sports editor of the uh, News Gazette, is in the studio with us. Busy day for him as well. Matthew, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? Thanks for wandering down the hall. Yeah, no problem. Uh, glad we have something to talk about. Not much going just, on. And, yeah, exactly. Not not a lot going on. Glad we have something. Any thoughts you had uh, for the uh, Sunday paper just changed about 8 oh, o'clock yeah. this morning. Yeah, they did, which is <laughs> fine. At least we have time to, to pivot yeah. and, and change yeah, and, and, and plan and, instead of some of the what the Ohio State game a couple weeks ago happened in about 9.30, about a 30 minutes before deadline. That was yeah. a fun one to to deal with on on the fly but no it's uh you know brett bielema's name surfaced earlier this week and uh, an intriguing hire i'd say by by josh whitman he's he's obviously proven that he can win at the big 10 level and i thought he came off really well and uh talking to you guys earlier on the show and i think that should resonate with a lot of illinois fans and i think one thing and, and steve i know you asked him the question just dealing with high school coaches and, and kind of repairing that relationship across the state. Uh, I think that's something that uh, he seems uh, passionate about doing. And I think that's welcome news to a lot of high school coaches in, in the state who kind of maybe feel alienated from, from the Illinois program recently. Got a couple of callers hanging on. We'll uh, get to them. Let's go to Jim in Champaign. Hey, Jim. Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy with the new hire. Um, I'll be in the stands just like I have been for 40-some years. Uh, but I am skeptical that we can be successful recruiting the horses needed for the power run games. Um, I was in the stands, you know, when Gary Moeller tried that with not much success. So I think he's going to have to be more creative. I hope he is. 
That's all. Okay, Jim. Thanks. Appreciate it. I think that's a good point because it, it does take a long time to develop that, I think. I just uh, overnight get the, getting those right. And we've got a bunch of seniors but behind them, I don't know what the uh, what the lines are going to look like. Yeah, I mean the offensive line is going to have to be a, an area that uh, that needs to be addressed, uh, you know, in recruiting because uh, you're losing what. Uh, well, that's the thing too. Who knows who's going to come back for the 2021 season? I mean, this might be incentive for for guys like Vidarian Lowe and, and Doug Kramer and Alex Palcheski to to return to know that they're going to play for a coach that really values the run game. And I'm sure guys like Mike Epstein, uh, you know, who participated in Senior Day a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure this this fires him up for the possibility of another season to to play under a coach like Brett Bielema. Let's go to Reggie in Villa Grove. Hey, Reggie, you're on the air. Morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. What's up? Well, I like to hire. I uh, He's been around. Uh, I didn't think the maybe the potential list of candidates was any longer now than it was when we went and got Lovey. So I'm pleasantly surprised to, to get somebody with Big Ten experience, local. Seems like he knows what he's doing, especially he's seasoned that now with experience in the pros with Belichick and the Patriots and the Giants. But uh, when you brought up, you don't know what the terms of the contract are. Maybe we can find out if uh, Whitman's going to put in there that he has to have the Iowa Hawkeye tattoo removed off of his ankle as a part of being a, a coach here at <laughs> Illinois. Well, there are a lot of people, male and female, who regret things that they put <laughs> that they've etched into their bodies uh, later. But uh, you know, I, I don't hold that against him. I no, mean, that's I'm where he went to school. Enough. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody doesn't get a coach where they went to school. That's true. No, I just thought I'd add a little uh, attempt at humor. Humor, there. okay. And, uh, <laughs> All right, Reggie, appreciate it. And no, Lauren, I'm not going to ask about your tattoos <laughs> because I think I could speak with uh, for You're, Matt Daniels as well yes. that we don't care about that. Not at all. <laughs> and the phone line is open. We'll keep it open until 11 356 9397. Somebody said that it was Adam Rittenberg or David Jones that, you know, you don't have to come in and win Big Ten championships right away, but if you can go, if you can go six and six, uh, eight and five, or occasionally nine and four, they'll build a statue for you right here. Well, I will say this: I don't know what's going to happen next year. It's asking a lot to be good overnight, but Illinois has a schedule, Matt. I don't know if they'll play it, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to go to Dublin. Mm-hmm. But they open with Nebraska there. They've got Charlotte. They've got Virginia. They've got. Uh, both Maryland and Rutgers next year. I mean, if you were going to build, I said this before this year, mm-hmm. and I'll say it again, if you were going to build a schedule that you could be successful with, play Purdue early, I mean, you've got teams that you can beat early in the season, and that might build something. Yeah, exactly, and it's going to be interesting, too, just to, to see kind of the buy-in from from the current players at all and, and just their, their reception to, to Bielema and uh, you saw when when Tim Beckman got hired that that buy-in wasn't there with the players and and that suffered in in 2012 uh, you know with them going two and ten and then I think the buy-in was there with Lovey Smith early on I just don't know if the talent was there and the experience and that led to some of the struggles and then but Bielma's he's a proven name I mean he's won in the Big Ten and and maybe based on some of his struggles at Arkansas maybe he was humbled a bit by what happened there I think maybe he thought okay, I'm going to go to the SEC and just keep this train rolling like I did at Wisconsin, and, and that didn't prove to be the case. And, uh, you know, he's 
been in the NFL now for the last three seasons, had a chance to maybe take a step back and, and kind of assess, you know, where he's at in his career and, and his, his life and things like that. So maybe this is just a, a chance for him to, you know, maybe be the coach to help revitalize these, uh, you know, this dormant Illinois program. You know what our next fun assignment is? Which what? Coaching staff hires. Exactly. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Keeping an eye on that. <laughs> no, exactly. And uh, I know, Lauren, you asked him uh, about that this morning and he, he artfully dodged that that question, kind of sidestepped that question. I'll be curious to see, you know, if if any of the the current staff is retained, uh, you know, with coaching changes that not happens that doesn't happen quite often. And and Bieleman obviously has a, a proven track record given his his time as a head coach, and he's got guys that I'm sure he wants on his staff that I'm sure he'll be making calls to in the next couple of days. Well, there are, are two things that you you are a, a, a main. Uh, the first thing is. Can you recruit? Mm-hmm. Second is, can you coach? Well, and, and two, and, and it's going to be very interesting, too, just because coaches can't go out on the road for the next four months or so with the dead period extended through through early to mid-April. So that I'm I'm curious how that's going to affect Bielema's recruiting approach. Obviously, with all the technology we have, with FaceTime, with Zooms, things like that, he's going to make his presence known. It's just not going to be in person right away. Well, we've had coaches make, all the, make the tour of all the schools. Mm-hmm. They can't do that. No, no. Yeah, they I mean, can't. this is all Zoom. I mean, yeah, I remember when Beckman got hired. He sent his entire staff out to visit every single high school in, in the state of Illinois, and they did that. And I think that started to pay dividends at times for Illinois. If you remember back to 2015, Beckman's recruiting was kind of on the uptick, and then obviously he had the, the off the field issues that led to his dismissal. But it, it's going to be interesting because you're going to have to connect in ways that they're not used to. Yeah, and you have to start winning games yes. within the first two or three years, otherwise. Very true. It, it you look up in the fourth and fifth year and they're they're booting you and then and then coaches in the Big Ten can use that against Bielema yeah. in Illinois and you know he yeah. he's he's aware of of what he's what he's up against I'm sure. Who was your first coach on the job when you took the job at the news? Oh, Jim Pete Jim Valick or was Pete Elliott still Pete here? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so this is about slush twi- fund. Slush fund hit about three or four months after I got the job. This is about. Your twelfth coaching change. You, you you looked it up. I'm going through uh, my ninth. Uh-huh. Uh, Brett Bielma is the ninth football coach that I'll have a chance to work with. Mine mine started with Mike White, but in the last 54 years, Illinois has won 41 percent of its games, and only two of those coaches ended up with a above 500 record. Yeah. I'll, I'll add this real quick. My daughter, Sawyer, she's five and a half. This is her fourth Illinois head coach <laughs> in, in her well, here, young Here's the, the interesting thing about Illinois. If you look back at it historically, and, and you know what happened, in the times that Illinois had a chance mm-hmm. to win a championship or get to the Rose Bowl, they've come through on those few. If you took a few plays away from those five seasons, you'd have Northwestern, you know, in the old days. I mean, you'd have Iowa in the old days. They... They they would every they they jumped up under Pete mm-hmm. and then they they went down they you know they jumped up under uh, Mike White mm-hmm. and then they went down they they, 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 they all of a sudden Makovic was rolling had a good start and then he goes to Texas and then you know and then uh, after uh, Tepper we bring in uh, Turner and Turner had that one year mm-hmm. what was it two thousand one and then and then he couldn't sustain and then you know Zook couldn't sustain mm-hmm. after two thousand seven it's strange to me that we're able to get to that point 
and then not be able to capitalize on it. Yeah, I mean, it's just a constant ebb and flow with, with Illinois football, and, and there's really no consistency in, in the results, and I think that's what's frustrating the fan base. And I think a lot of Illinois fans, like you mentioned earlier, would just take a 7-5 and five season or an 8-4 and four season. As one longtime Illinois fan told me a couple years ago, all they want to do in late December is go someplace warm for a bowl <laughs> game. They don't, they don't expect national titles every year in Champaign. They just want to have a, a respectable program. Let's go back to the phones at 1043. Howard in Champaign. Hello, Howard. I think uh, Josh did a marvelous job on his hire. Okay. I'm thinking Rose Bowl, Lauren. Okay. All right. Not the one on Ray Street either. <laughs> well, the only trouble, I don't know which is the best Rose Bowl right now because I, I'm not sure that the conditions are right to play a game in the Rose Bowl. What do you hear on that, uh, Brant? Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting, uh, you know, with uh, everything that that's going on in, in the pandemic. I know there's going to be no fans, uh, you know, at the Rose Bowl in a, a couple of weeks for the national semifinal. And this season has been the strangest college football season, I think, in all of our lifetimes, bar, bar none. But, yeah, uh, Lauren, you go visit the, the Rose Bowl on Ray Street, though. You let me know how that well, goes. Kind of hard to do that now, too. That's true. Very, I, very good I point. know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren and I spent a few uh, – Hours, months, years. <laughs> whatever years <laughs> in the Rose Bowl back in the day. 10.45, we'll take a break. We'll keep the phone lines open, 356-9397. Back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. It is 1046-356-9397 is the phone number here on our last Saturday Sports Talk before Christmas. Let's go back to the phones. Steve is with us in Princeton. Hey, Steve. Yeah, you know, I was thinking uh, Brett Bielema coming from Illinois, it's a good fit. And I was looking through the West Division, the Big Ten. It seems like that's the trend because you got Paul Chris at Wisconsin. He grew up in Madison. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. He grew up at uh, Carl Sandburg. Uh, and, there, and Fleck, you know, Midwest. And I think in Tom Allen, Indiana, he coached at Newcastle, Indiana High School and Ben Davis High School. And I think there's a trend that once those guys get back home, they stay and they want to be there. And uh, I just thought that was interesting. Good point. That's a really good point. Because uh, uh, I don't think Brett fit in Arkansas. He didn't know he didn't know how to call the hog. <laughs> you know, he wasn't a good fit down there. Yeah. Okay, well, Steve. Good stuff. Thank you. You can't last long in the SEC with a sub 500 record. I mean, that just doesn't happen. So, Matt, uh, describe this week as a sports editor in a pandemic <laughs> coaching search with a football game yet to be played. It's uh, yeah, a lot of things thrown in there. It's been a, it's been it's, it's hard to believe it's you know been a week since Illinois lost really? at Northwestern, given everything that's gone on with uh, with the program and. Uh, yeah, it, it's just been a, kind of a whirlwind. Uh, you know, Josh Whitman always kind of plays his coaching searches close to the vest, and the timing of this doesn't really surprise me. Uh, he's always been rather uh, rather quick in, in getting his head coaches. If you think back to Lovey Smith, he had him two days after he fired Bill Cubitt, and then Brad Underwood was a week after he fired John Gross. And then I think what he wanted to do is to get the new coach in front of the players before they all go home for the holidays. He did. And that's yeah. what that's what this is going to happen today. I mean, Bielema is going to be at the game at Penn State. He's not going to probably talk to the team. I know you asked him about that, Lauren, this morning, but uh, he's going to get a chance to address them tomorrow here in Champaign, likely at the Smith Center. And then the players can all go home for the holidays. But, um, yeah, the, the, the past week has just been a lot of – 
it's been a whirlwind. Spent a you lot know, of time watching Mac title game last night that I kind of wish I had back now. I guess. <laughs> I you know it's almost like this Penn State football game is an afterthought. Oh yeah, and uh, it's it's uh, several people have said to me, "Well, we shouldn't even be playing this. So why are we playing this?" Well, Illinois is going over there with half a team. I mean, I said two thirds mm-hmm. of a team, but two of their top three linebackers are out. A couple of their best defensive linemen are out. Uh, offensive line, we don't have, of course, Balshevsky. Their top uh, wide receiver is not going to play. Yeah, well, well Josh is mm. already uh, – Matter Bebe is already set. And, of course, now they – Kramer's not going to go. So, they're now they got to move uh, Green over to center. And Green was almost not going to go. Mm-hmm. But he decided to go. And now he's got he's to play center because they don't have a center. And well, I think there's incentive now de- for those. Three defensive, I, I the think, top three I, defensive backs are out. I too. think there's some more incentive now for the players, though, because they're going to be playing in front of their new coach, and, and right. they want to make a good first impression on, on Brett Bielema. Got okay. uh, some callers we'd like to get in here before the top of the hour. Jim and Danville, you're up. Go ahead. Hi. I, I just wanted to uh, say I'm excited about the new hire, and also I didn't turn the show on early enough. Is there a way to hear the – a uh, new coach interview somewhere else. Uh, again, thanks. Yep. Uh, if you go to uh, the WDWS website um, and look for podcasts, it will be posted shortly after we're done here at uh, the top of the hour. That'll be a way to do that. Let's go to Bob in Champaign. Hey, Bob. Gentlemen, how we doing? Good. I think this is an awesome hire. I think that we got to step back and look at when was the last time Illinois had the opportunity to hire a head coach who had won multiple Big Ten championships, knows the state of Illinois in recruiting, used to kick our butt in recruiting uh, while he was at Iowa and Wisconsin. This opportunity doesn't come around very often, and I applaud our athletic director for for being able to go out and get it done um, and uh, hopefully start the next chapter in Illinois football. Good stuff, Bob. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting – Josh Whitman's first hire with with Lovey Smith really made a splash, kind of dominated the national news for a day or two, and then I think people started to maybe peel back the layers a little bit and start to think, okay, is this really going to work at, at Illinois? And um, you know, people were enthusiastic. I remember being at the Esquire the day he was hired, and that place was jammed mm-hmm. to the rafters. People were out in the streets on Walnut Street, and Bielema is going to come in at an interesting time because we're all in a pandemic still. But I think he's going to make himself out. He's going to get put himself out there to the community. He knows what it's like to be a head football coach at a co- in a college town like it was in Madison and in Fayetteville. So I think that can can play to his advantage, too, even before he coaches his first game at Illinois. Let's go to Springfield. And, Bill, how's it playing in Springfield this morning, Bill? Well, I guess I'm going to be the one contrary voice for you gentlemen this morning. Um, I'm willing to give Bilma a chance. I'm not too terribly impressed with the hire because, once again, we've hired a retread. And uh, we seem to be getting into that habit within the Illinois football program. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute. Uh, who, who is not a retread? Who is not? A re- uh, of all the people we looked at, who is not a retread? Well, I, I'm talking the history of Illinois football. So Tim Beckman was not a retread. He was an up-and-comer. I would have preferred that they hired someone who might have been an up-and-comer. Um, really? I'm familiar with Bill. Yeah, I'm familiar with Bilma's offensive style, and it's more traditional Big Ten. I would have preferred something closer to the Ron Turner, Greg Landry style of offense at Illinois. I thought that it would have really added something. I wish him success. I think he has a chance for success. We'll see how he does. But uh, I would have preferred someone else. I would have preferred to Lance Leopold, to be honest with you. I think he might have been a better hire. 
Okay, but but Lance Leopold was older by three or four years. Six years. Oh, yeah, six years. Mm -hmm. And he was he's never been in in the group of five. He's never, I mean, he's he's been I mean he's never been a head coach. And all those years at Whitewater, they don't even have scholarships there. Well, I think, too, this hire would be looked upon differently if Brett Bielema had success at Arkansas and, and wasn't fired after the 2017 season. If he had won consistently with the Razorbacks and, and maybe Josh Whitman plucked him away from there, mm-hmm. I think this would be viewed differently. I understand why there's some skepticism out there, but if you would have told me back in 2012 that Illinois was going to hire Brett Bielema someday, I think they would have been overjoyed because of his success at Wisconsin. I think his, his experience and time at Arkansas, I think, is kind of maybe dimmed the, the bright light, the bright outlook on well, him. Well, Matt, so. let's understand one thing here. Uh, the odds on anybody being successful here are not good. No, exactly. I mean, I yes, you know, hate to right. tell you no, that. No, you're I right. To, I mean, John, John Makovic's the last coach that left Illinois that wasn't fired. Yeah. That was and, 30 years ago. And, and um, I just, I mean, we gotta, uh, got to get the – it isn't like we're going to get Urban Meyer here or it isn't even like we're going to get Fickle here. Those are the guys you really wanted. The career uh, records since Makovic, Tepper 25, 31, and 2, Turner 32 and 49, Zook 34 and 51, Beckman 12 and 25, Bill Cubitt 5 and 7 in the one season, and Lovey Smith 17 and 39. Prior to that, um, Makovic was 30-16-1, and, and White was 47-41-3. and three. Those are the only two winning records in the last 54 years, career records, yep. for coaches. Yep. 10-55, we do need to take one final break. Matt, thank you for your time, buddy. Appreciate no problem. It. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Lauren. Keep up the good work. Looking forward to that Sunday paper. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Back after this. Stay with us. Ten fifty-seven here on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, and oh, by the way, Lauren, there's a football game this afternoon that uh, might be of interest to uh, Illinois. It's an afterthought, really. Illinois at uh, Penn State, four thirty-five is the earliest it will kick. It might not kick until four forty, but uh, in that uh, neighborhood, Penn State. Tell me, stop me if you've heard this before. Illinois is a two-touchdown underdog. Yeah. In this yeah. ball game. And we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, it's um, it's a game where I just don't know how. I, maybe that somebody mentioned maybe the presence of um, Bielma will inspire them in some way, or maybe just their the natural tendency to want to win anything you, you participate in. But Illinois is really shorthanded, and while we, uh, David Jones mentioned some of the players out, like Journey Brown for uh, for. Um, uh, Penn State, but the fact is they've been out all year. I mean, they were never here. They 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 yeah. built their team as it is, and it hasn't been a good Penn State team. It's been the worst Penn State team in years, but they've won the last three ball games, and they've started to pick up a little momentum and a little pride. and And is at Penn State, and I just uh, I just wonder if our assistant coaches can put it together and 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 make a game of it if they can get into the fourth quarter where it's still competitive. Rod Smith, the acting head coach uh, today. Jimmy Lindsay will call the defensive plays. Mr. Tate, thank you, my friend. All right. We'll talk to you again. Uh, Too much excitement going on here already. A lot going on. Later in the day, our pregame coverage for Illini football begins at uh, 2.30. Network coverage at 3.30. The game to kick about 4.35. We appreciate uh, the dozen or so uh, folks that uh, took time to call in this morning and 
Special thanks to uh, our guests. Brett Bielma was our first guest as he did his first interview uh, with anybody before uh, taking on the job as head football coach of the University of Illinois. Josh Whitman spent a few minutes with us as well. Thanks to Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com, David Jones from Penn Live. He covers Penn State. Kendall Gill spent some time with us and Matt Daniels as well. In uh, Big Ten football last night, Nebraska beat Rutgers 28-21. Today, of course, it's Northwestern against Ohio State for the Big Ten championship. Also, Minnesota plays at Wisconsin. Three other games involving Big Ten teams on this ninth week of the Big Ten season were canceled. Illinois basketball coming up tomorrow at Rutgers. So a lot going on. Thanks for listening, everybody. For Lauren Tate and our producer, Blake Landon, we appreciate you listening on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Have a great weekend.